0: This is TanakhCast. Welcome back to TanakhCast. This is episode 184. We'll continue in the Psalms with a brief summary of chapters 123 through 126 and follow with some thoughts about physical and spiritual ascent with special guest Cantor Cheryl Wunsch. This episode continues the run of Songs of Ascent that began in episode 183. Psalm 120 was the first of 15 psalms that began with Shir HaMa'alot, a song of ascents, and we're picking it up in this episode with Psalm 123. Psalm 123 plays up on the image of ascent. By positioning the poet as an inferior looking upward to his superior, quote, like the eyes of slaves to their masters, like the eyes of a slave girl to her mistress, so are our eyes to the Lord our God until he grants us grace. The poet is looking for respite from, quote, the contempt of the smug, the scorn of the haughty. In four concise verses, the poet flexes his poetic muscle, constructing this plea in triples, that is, three roots, repeat three times. The first, ayin yud nun, for I, the second, chet nun nun, for grace or mercy, and the third, sin vet ayin, for sated or full. Psalm 124 speaks in the voice of the people, wondering about how it might have been had God not been on their side. Quote, when people rose against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. When their wrath flared hot against us, then the waters would have swept us up. But God did not permit that to happen. Quote, our life is like a bird escaped from the snare of the fowlers. The snare was broken and we escaped. Psalm 125 speaks on behalf of those who trust in God. Their faith is as unmovable as Mount Zion, that is, quote, never shaken, settled forever. These righteous folk are secure, quote, for the rod of wickedness will not rest on the portion of the righteous. Psalm 126 is arguably the most famous of the 15 songs of ascent, positioning its singers as dreamers who are returning to the land of Israel. Is this describing the present, a present so wondrous that it's like a dream, or the wonderful future? It's not clear. But once the people return, quote, then will our mouth fill with laughter and our tongue with glad song. The poet concludes with a wish that all their efforts, though undertaken with tears, will result in joy. And on that optimistic note, here
1: endeth the lesson. Tikkun Lel
0: Shavuot is the only observance developed specifically for Shavuot. It's an all-night study sesh which signals that unlike our ancestors who slept at the foot of Mount Sinai the night before receiving the Torah, we are awake and ready to receive the Word of God. This year, because we are not able to congregate for this all-nighter, the miles Nadell JCC asked folks to pre-record their teachings for folks to watch from home. So, what you're about to hear is the audio from the Zoom video edition of TanakhCast, which I did with my favorite cantor, Cheryl Wunsch. Enjoy. Welcome back to TanakhCast. For my seasoned listeners this is episode 184 but for those of you joining for the first time this is a special tikkun lel shavuot edition you can find previous and upcoming episodes of tanakh in apple music or on your favorite podcatcher today i am joined by my very special guest host Cantor cheryl wunsch welcome
1: thanks dan i'm really happy to be here for this video edition of your podcast today we're going to be discussing psalm 126 commonly referred to as Shir HaMa'alot.
0: Although technically it's not the only Shir HaMa'alot, but more on that later.
1: Right. This Shir HaMa'alot is the one that is most familiar to many of us. It's sung before Birkat Hamazon, the grace after meals on Shabbat and festivals, including Shavuot, which we know we will be celebrating soon. Together, we're gonna explore the content, structure, and deeper meaning of this Psalm. Psalm
0: 126 is one of 15 songs of ascent in the Psalms. Although we don't have any hard evidence for this, the rabbis imagined that these 15 psalms of ascent corresponded to the 15 steps pilgrims would ascend to the temple courtyard. Or perhaps these 15 songs were the repertoire sung by pilgrims as they made their way up to Jerusalem for the big three pilgrimage festivals. The big three, Passover, Shavuot, and Sukkot, are at the root agricultural festivals, celebrating the cycles of nature in the land of Israel. Passover marks the spring harvest, Shavuot the summer harvest, and Sukkot is the last harvest of the year before the winter. People from all over the land of Israel would go up to Jerusalem to make offerings at the temple. Pilgrimage was a big religious festival, but also a huge social event. Hundreds of thousands of people would converge in the city. Imagine Mardi Gras, the Super Bowl, and Lollapalooza happening back to back over the course of a week. Shavuot was the exception, the Cheesecake Fest only lasting one day, although they probably didn't eat cheesecake back then. Even so, these psalms accompanied the pilgrims as they made their way to Jerusalem. When the temple was destroyed for the last time in 70 CE, the rabbis were faced with a dilemma. Do we continue to memorialize these Harvest Paloozas or pivot to some other kind of celebration? The rabbis opted for the latter, adding another layer of meaning to these agricultural holy days. So Sukkot also commemorated our people's desert wandering and booth sitting. Passover also celebrated our liberation from Egyptian slavery. And Shavuot also honored the covenant at Sinai. And even though these holy day observances and meanings have evolved over the centuries, the Psalms of Ascent, especially Psalm 126, remain a part of our festival experience.
1: And just as the harvest festivals were given a new layer of meaning, the time between two of the festivals, the counting of the Omer that happens from the second day of Pesach until Shavuot, was also given a new, more spiritual depth. Originally, the Omer was an important verbal counting of the 49 days from the barley harvest until the wheat harvest, which included waving sheaves of barley in the air and priestly offerings of stalks of grain at the temple. Barley was considered animal food. I guess they'd never tried Bobby's mushroom barley soup. And wheat was considered human food, so the counting celebrated the elevation of the harvest from animal feed to human feast on Shavuot. In post-temple times, the Omer also became a time to commemorate the wandering of the Israelites from redemption from Egypt to revelation at Sinai. We celebrate our people's escape from slavery at our Seder, but we know that the Israelites would not truly become the Jewish people until Moses climbed that mountain for his tete-a-tete with God. Yet another layer of meaning has been added to the time of Sfirah HaOmer. omer Not only is it an ascent from barley to wheat and an ascent from slavery to revelation, but it's also a period of spiritual ascent. As our ancestors walked further and further away from their lower enslaved selves, so too do we take the time to elevate ourselves in preparation for receiving Torah. Each day of the Omer provides us with an opportunity to evaluate our own personalities and character traits through the seven divine qualities in Kabbalistic thought, loosely translated as loving kindness, discipline, beauty, endurance, humility, integrity, and leadership. Each week of the Omer is ruled by one of these attributes and each day we are encouraged to explore a different aspect of that character trait. The idea is that we take the time to examine and work on each part of ourselves, similar to the process of cheshbon hanefesh nefesh that we undergo in preparation for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, so that we can be our very best selves when we accept the yoke of the mitzvot. We ascend spiritually toward Sinai, in the same way that ancient Jews ascended physically to the Temple. The singing of Psalm 126, the Song of Ascent, at our Shavuot celebration links us in a very direct way to each new iteration and rebranding of the festival.
0: We've all heard Psalm 126. We've all probably sung it. But what's it about? It's about six verses long. And it's a tight six. Six. The first three verses explore the dream of the nation and the hope of being redeemed from exile. The second half is the prayer for the dream's fulfillment, which, like a flash flood in the Negev, comes as a surprise. The psalm concludes with a pair of crying agricultural workers, the first who sows in tears but reaps in happiness, and the second who goes away in sadness but returns joyous. Psalm 126 is a psalm of hope, of faith, and of joy.
1: The uplifting theme of this psalm makes it a great fit for our Shabbat and festival celebrations. But what does it have to do with food, and why do we sing it after we eat? Well, there's another psalm that's traditionally sung before Birkat Hamazon on non-festive, regular days. That psalm is 137, Al Naharot Bavel, by the Rivers of Babylon. This is a mournful psalm whose text is most often associated with Tisha B'Av, the painful commemoration of calamities that have befallen our people, including the destruction of the temple. According to the Zohar, a person who derives pleasure from bread and delights in food is required to remember and worry over the Holy Land in ruins. Since the time of the destruction of the temple, according to tradition, the Jewish people have not been able to experience true, unadulterated joy. Since eating is meant to be a joyful experience, we end each meal with a reminder of our spiritual exile, except on Shabbat and festivals, when we are supposed to set aside our mourning. On those days, Psalm 137 is replaced with the joyful Psalm 126. And while the tradition to recite the sad Psalm on regular days has fallen out of practice in many circles, the custom of singing Shir HaMa'alot has remained. The text of this psalm is so popular and hopeful that religious Zionists suggested it be used for Israel's national anthem, and Israeli Prime Minister Menachem Begin recited these words on the White House lawn when he signed the Camp David Accords in 1979. Shir HaMa'alot is definitely uplifting. It reminds us that, even through the dark, painful times, happiness and wholeness are just around the corner.
0: We need Psalm 126 now more than ever. We've given up so much since the pandemic started. We had to cancel trips, proms, and graduations. We had to stop going to synagogue in person. We had to give up on being physically together for this tikkun. For many of us, Shavuot was all about jostling through the halls of the miles Nadell JCC as we made our way to the different learning sessions and to grab some snacks. But as we've heard countless times, we have to make these sacrifices to be apart from friends and family and limit our outdoor time so that we can beat COVID 19.
1: So much of what we've been doing since March break is sowing with tears. Psalm 126, Shir Hamalot, reminds us that if we persevere, we will soon, with God's help, reap in joy. <laughs> like we heard today, spread the word about Tanakhcast, tell a friend about Tanakhcast over coffee, send another friend an email or text, nothing fancy, help your aunt who just got her first smartphone to download a podcatcher and subscribe to Tanakhcast. And if you have a spare moment after all that, write a brief glowing review at Apple Podcasts. Apparently, it helps people who might be interested in a little Bible learning for this podcast and it's also a nice thing to do. If you want to help in an even bigger way, support us at Patreon. Just search for Tanakhcast at patreon.com and pledge your shekels either on a one-time or monthly basis and receive special blessings from the Most High. I thank you in advance for that and encourage you to join us again in two weeks for... Episode 185, when we continue in Psalms with chapters 127-130. through